Good morning, everybody, uh, and welcome to uh, a Vision for You Big Book Study. I'm drop my paper here and get it up again. Um, welcome to a Vision. Welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is uh, July 22nd, 2019, and today we're reading from the big book, um, and we are at page 42, the second paragraph that begins. Then they outlined the spiritual uh, answer. Uh, today's uh, readers are uh, Nancy T. for the steps, Kathy M. for the traditions, Cindy D., Melissa C., Jason K. for the big book and uh, readers, and Renee is the newcomer greeter, and Leslie M. is the second hour host. Uh, the reference number for uh, yesterday's uh, special edition is 13,181. That's 13181. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside contributions. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, any political movement, any ideology or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message of, to, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm gonna now ask Nancy T to read the 12 steps. Thanks, Craig. Good morning. Good morning, all my visionary friends. Um, the tw Nancy T, com Recovered Compulsive Reader in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 steps. Number one, we were admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready for God to remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, now I'm going to ask Kathy M. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Kathy M. from Maryland. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in a group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, any OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous shall remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn in public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Finally, twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place these principles principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. In order to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 42, the second paragraph that begins, then they outlined the spiritual answer. Uh, I'm gonna now ask uh, Cindy D to start the reading. Cindy? Thanks, Craig. Um, Good morning, everyone. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. 
Yeah, I was thinking as I read this before the meeting that um, when I came into program, came back into program um, a little over a year ago, you know, I too you know, had this sense that it was drastic in terms of letting go of my thoughts of, you know, thinking I could control my life. And I think more importantly in my con conception of God and my higher power, um, you know, I came to program 30 years ago through a treatment center and you know, I I went through the motions of doing the steps, but I never bought really into the concept of a higher power doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And I still had the concept of God that I had been brought up with as a child in my head, you know, which was judging and punishing and, and forever, you know, keeping a watchful eye on me and not forgiving. Um so I did see this as drastic in terms of letting some con conceptions go, but I had such hope, such hope that it could work for me because I had tried absolutely everything, um, surgery and every plan that was out there, blah, blah, blah. But um, I started working the steps with a sponsor, and for me, my hair didn't get on fire until I started working the steps. But once I did, it, I really did get that desperation and really had that, that something lit up inside me. And now I know it was my higher power. And I had to do some work to really develop a conception of God that worked for me. And it's ever-changing. It, it grows as I grow. And what I'm finding now, you know, a year into my recovery, is I need to program as much, if not more, than I did when I started. It was hard um, work in terms of being honest with myself, but it was easy in terms of letting it happen and letting it unfold. And now what I'm finding is I still have a very strong self-will, and I still want to get in there and control people and places and things. And I have to continually surrender and, you know, I have to be honest that for me, surrendering is not always easy. Um, sometimes I have to work at it. I seem to be more comfortable wallowing in my self-pity and um, my misery sometimes than I am of just letting go. But when I can honestly say, you know, God, I give up, it is up to you, then, you know, things change. And I kind of giggle because when I look around the world now and, you see the, the amazing things that happen around us and how everything works together and how things have changed in my life. I just wonder how I ever thought I could be in control of anything, yet alone everything. And um, especially my food, you know, when I get into those places of self-pity and self-will, that food starts calling to me again and I have to quickly give it back to my higher power. Because that's, you know, very dangerous territory for me. So I'm very grateful I found my way to OA and in particular division. And I'm grateful for all my fellows who've been part of my journey. And I'm especially grateful for these phone meetings and all of you. So with that, I'll pass. This is Cindy D. Gratefully Recovered in Texas. Thank you, Craig. Craig, we can't hear you. Craig F., are you there? 
star one. If not, thanks so much. Hello. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. Um, thank you, Cindy. Okay, we're uh, we're sharing today on page on page 42, uh, the uh, second paragraph, and so now we're going to take share some people, and we ask you if you've shared in the last couple of days. The last couple of days of meetings means Thursday or Friday. Uh, if you've shared in the last couple of days, to stand back and let some other people have an opportunity to share. We usually have about 400 <laughs> people on the line at this point. So, uh, who would like to share on this paragraph? Melanie Tracy in Connecticut. Barbara uh, I got a, I got a Melanie, and then somebody in, somebody in Connecticut. Chris, Chris G. Chris Barbara G. In Connecticut. E. I got you, Barbara, and I got Jason. Vasa O. Vasa O. But one more. All right, well, we've got five. Hi, this we'll, is Teague W. Uh, what was that first name? Um, this is the first time I'm sharing, so it's Teague, T-E-A-G-U-E, and first initial of my last name is W. Okay, great, Teague, thank you. All right, uh, I have Melanie, uh, Chris, or Christy, and, it was, and then Barbara, and Jason, and Vasa, and Teague. So, Melanie, yeah, let's go. Good morning. This is Melanie M. from Georgia. I'm so grateful to share. I haven't shared in a long time. I've been listening a lot. And this this reading really speaks to my heart um, because it speaks to where I am. Um, I used to hear all the time that this program is simple, but it's not easy. And I think that's what I was looking for, honestly. Um, I resisted for a long time um, something that I knew was successful for me in the past, and that was writing down my food. And I just, you know, I really had to journal about why I did not want to do it. And it's because it wasn't easy. You know, I wanted the fun things. I wanted to jump out and just enjoy life and not acknowledging that I had a disease and that that disease would tell me, oh, just do the things that are fun. You know, don't, oh, don't, you know, don't do those things that take time and, you know, effort and, you know, will take you out of the, the general population. The general population isn't writing down their food. And so, you know, I just had to get really honest with myself that I have a disease. And so once I did that, it was so freeing. Um, and, you know, it's just simply writing. So I just want to, you know, just encourage anyone on the line who, um, you know, has been doing it for a long time and kind of getting weary, continue doing it. Anybody who's struggling with, with doing whatever you need to do to keep your program strong, um, you know, I stand with you. And I just wanted to claim my seat. So thanks for letting me share. Okay, uh, thanks for sharing. Um, next up, we have uh, Chris or C Christy. I, I can't read my note here. That's okay. It's Chris G in Connecticut. Thanks, Craig. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for allowing me to share. <clears throat> um, I just wanted to comment on the line, um, but. The moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it, it proved to be. Um, so I've had that feeling many a time. It was a curious feeling. 
it, it was it was an awakening feeling. It was a spiritual connection. It was a deep knowing inside of my heart and my mind together and my body that um, all I need to do are these simple but not easy steps and that I would be protected from this disease. And so it was, and it proved to be many times until I stop doing the program, until I stop um, being, you know, rigorously honest, being of service and being connected to my higher power and spiritually, you know, spiritually growing that connection to my higher power and to others. Um, And so it's so easy to rest on my laurels and, and to, um, you know, and to just rely on that good feeling like, Oh, finally I got it. I think many of us on the line can relate to that. And um, it's, it's just so easy. My disease allows me or encourages me to get swept away to any emotion, um, especially that good feeling where, you know, it will take it and it, it will turn it into trickery. Like, oh, I'm good. I got it now. No, I don't got it now. I have a moment of relief because I'm in my mind, body, and spirit with this message and with God. I'm anchored in. And life tends to wiggle my roots out of the soil of, of my higher power. And so I need to really... Um, work vigorously uh, in every direction in all my affairs. So I'm going to heed this message today and hopefully every day, every hour, every minute and um, do my humble best to to uh, remember this day. And thanks for letting me share. Take care. All right. Thank you for your share. Uh, Barbara E., your turn. I'm sorry, did you say Barbara E? Did you ask to share? I did, yes, but I was unmuting, so I wasn't sure you called oh, me. Oh, yes, I did. Okay, thank you so much. That mute unmute button confounds me every time. Thank you, everyone. This is Barbara E from New Jersey, and I just want to go back in my history for a minute. When I came to OA in 1997, I was broken and without hope. I was willing to do anything you told me. I came in for another diet. I tried so many of them. So I surrendered to the concept of Overeaters Anonymous. But a higher power, that was a tall order for a compulsive controller like me. I was told I had to quit playing God and be willing to open the door of my mind a crack to the possibility of a higher power that could save me and see what might develop, the tools I could wrap my brain around with. But a spiritual toolkit, I don't know. But I did want to be relieved of the 100 plus pounds I'd gained in that one year, regained, I might add. I did want to be relieved of my selfishness and self-centeredness and my fears and my self-delusion and my self-seeking and my self-pity. And I, I was told in order to do that, I had to change everything if I wanted to get off my personal carousel of horrors. 
my attitudes and ideas had to be cast aside and a new concept of motives must be evolved. I had to have a personality change, I was told. If I ever wanted to recover from my permanent, progressive, and fatal disease, if I used all the steps, I was told, I could be stopped from from believing that food was my solution and the cycle of addiction wouldn't even have to begin again. I finally, and it wasn't at first, did believe I had a disease. I was finally willing to open the door a crack to let the concept of a higher power step in and to employ that spiritual toolkit. I can't stop if I, if I, if I ever give up. I must work harder today than I did yesterday and even harder tomorrow than I do today. This is a beautiful journey that I'm on with you, I hope. And we can do it together because it really works. The tools are the handrails, but the steps are what I need to walk up every single day. Thank you, everyone. Have a joyous Monday. I pass. All right, Jason Kay, you're up. Good morning, Craig, and uh, everybody out there. Jason Kay, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic from outside of Philadelphia. And they outline this spiritual answer and the program of action. And for me, I'm like, why are those two different things? Because the answer is God. Um, but how do we get to God? How do we get to a spiritual awakening? How do we let a power into our lives, into our hearts, and that, that can function in our lives in a way that can uh, solve this problem for us? And thankfully, we have the program of action that goes with it. So we have the answer, and then we have a roadmap, uh, how to get to that answer. Because I would hear that God is the solution, and I'd say, God, help me. God, relieve this compulsion. God, help me not to eat this way. Um, you know, but I never really took the program of action. I was blocked off from that power of God, uh, and I was spinning in a vicious cycle. So we have this clear program of action and, uh, yeah, it's a drastic solution. He talks about this. It's, it's pretty drastic. But why, why do we need a drastic solution? And for me, the answer to that is because I had a drastic uh, disease. It's a very severe problem. Uh, you know, I kept eating compulsively day in and day out um, for, for decades, for decades. I was uh, binging and purging. I couldn't stop myself from throwing up at times. I tried to go to sleep. I had so much food in me. I'd be jumping out of bed, throwing up, you know, eating all sorts of antacids and acid reducers and Pepto-Bismol and often three, four different types of things in a row, just trying to, to, to not have heartburn so bad that I, I could go to sleep at night, um, missing work. So we have this drastic solution. We've lost the power of choice when it comes. We can't stay away from our compulsive foods and our compulsive food behaviors uh, and for me, that brought me to a deep, dark place where I was suicidal, and I just couldn't see um, continuing on in such a, in such a discouraged, demoralized place. And I was dying inside and and, and hurting my body uh, physically on the outside. Um, so then we, we we he experienced this willingness, this change. 
he made up his mind. He, he made a commitment. This is like our third step decision to go through with this program of action. There's such willingness in this. And for me, I can relate to this because something happened for me um, when I was finally ready to do the 12 steps and to go to any length. Um, something started to change within me. I, I could finally take a, a, a deep breath. I felt like maybe God's power had started to work within me. I started to feel a sense of hope, a sense of possibility. Um, you know, my mind had opened and it had kind of cracked open enough where I started becoming teachable. Um, I asked people questions. Uh, I, I actually called up Craig on my first day of sobriety and I abstinence and I said, how come, how, you know, why is it, how do I reach God if God can do this for me and I have to go to any length, you know, how are those two things, uh, you know, how do I reconcile those two things? I became teachable um, and just something started to shift and change. I still had to make the journey. I still had to submit and surrender, um, but something can happen uh, when we make this commitment, when we open our minds and our hearts, um, when we surrender. Um, so that's the invitation today. And I'm um, glad to be here today with you all sharing uh, some of this experience. And I pass. Thank you, Jason. Okay, uh, Vas Vasa O, your turn. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Greg, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And thank you for everybody's service this morning. And this is really a good paragraph for me, again, to be reminded. I know when I came to program, uh, this was my last stop. I, after trying to put the food down for so long, so many years, and I remember if this doesn't work, that's it. I'm, I'm a dead duke. I, I just knew it was going to take me down. And I had no understanding. It was a food addiction. I had no understanding of the allergy. I had to put everything aside and start a new new way of doing stuff. And I remember when I read the forward for the first edition, and my I had a sponsor that took me a little bit here and there, outlined the program for me. But I loved the beginning. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show other alcoholics press precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And I needed to hear that. I guess when the student is ready, the teacher is going to appear. And I was just so ready. And it gave me hope. I remember saying, well, if this man and women uh, recovered and they're showing us how to do it, then maybe there's hope for me. And as I said earlier, my sponsor, uh, um, she 12-stepped me gradually, a little bit here and there, and it gave me so much hope. And again, I did not know how sick I was. I was gradually dying physically, emotionally, spiritually. No, I wasn't dead yet, buried in the ground, but I I, you know, I I was killing myself with the food, and I knew I was 41 years old when I came to this program, and I could see for I foresee my death. I said, about 45 years old, I'm gonna die. This is the end of my life. If I can if I continue 
doing what I was doing. So, um, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition or my compulsive condition with the food was relieved as, in fact, it proved it to be. And if I followed the directions, the way they laid out, that's my time, the way, the way they laid out in this book, I am going to recover one day at a time. And I'm just so grateful to say today, I am recovered. If you are new, please give yourself some time, a chance. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, next up we have Teague W., and then we're going to take a new, a new list of names. Teague? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. This is the first time I'm sharing on this line. My name is Teague W., and I'm from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I am a uh, compulsive overeater, uh, not yet recovered, and I'm not really sure um, what it is that I wanted to say this morning other than um, I wanted to identify in. I um, have been trying to get this program for a long time and I have made some small strides, but I'm still, um, I guess how I would describe it is not fully surrendered. And I woke up uh, today, uh, you know, ready to fight the good fight on a Monday morning. And, um, you know, I guess the first thing I thought was, what I usually do, which is how and what am I going to do to run the show today to get everything done that has to get done. And um, I had a, I guess, a small epiphany that, you know, that is unfortunately my default position that I think that I'm going to do it. And I um, left to my own devices and up skirting the rules. I guess the good news is I, um, I even put on my screensaver on my phone my what defines abstinence for me, and um, the big one is sugar. But then there are some other things that I'm not completely clear about, and I give myself absolutely every freedom to skirt rules, cheat, manipulate, and work a system if I'm allowed to. And white flour was one of those things, and so. Um, I ate too much of it this weekend, and it all comes down to what was said before me, that this thing is not complicated, but it's not easy. And I, although say I have the willingness to do the things that I'm supposed to do every day, I don't put them on the front burner. I put them behind all the other things that I think I need to do or that I've committed to do. Um, and I'm just saying all this out loud because I didn't want to continue to do what I always do on the Monday morning, which is put my crazy self in charge and then end up not feeling great when I wake up the next morning. So, um, that's all I had. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thanks for sharing. All right. Now we're going to open the floor back up for, uh, some more shares. So we're hey, on I'm page. Hold on, man. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, not sorry. All right. Um, we're on page 40. we're on page 42, the second paragraph. It says, "Then they outlined the spiritual answers." So that's what we would like to focus our chairs on. 
Okay, Beth Naomi w. B. Beth W. Jen, Jen A. Jen A. Laura S. Margo B. Sorry, what was that last name? What? Maureen H. Margo. Ramona. Margo. Margo P. All right, Margo P. Okay, I've got six. I'm going to stop right there. I've got Naomi, Beth, Jen, Devorah, Maureen, and Margo. Uh, okay, uh, Naomi, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that, Craig. I didn't mean to step on your tongue. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Good morning, family. This is Naomi. Be a grateful recover compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with this process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved as, in fact, it proved to be. Wow, that's a heavy sentence, but oh my gosh, this is what happened to me. Because when I started in OA, it was February 2011, and I just kind of just went through the motions of going back and forth to the meetings, listening, reading the big book, whatever. And then finally in, in July, I, you know, I hit my bottom, and that was great. And I love what it was previously said, that when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. So for the first year and a half that I was in program, my my sponsor had me read five pages of the big book and write a paragraph. Well, that's like a that's like an assignment. But when my teacher showed up, you know who you are from Scottsdale, um, the big book was cracked open. And it was like everything flew out the window. It was like, wow, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what's wrong with me. I finally found, I don't know, I was in my 60s, yeah, my 60s, when I finally found out this is what was wrong with me all these years. And I had I, multiple years of diet pills, even having a lap band, and I could still eat because I didn't realize what was going on in my body. Or my mind. And that's where my problem was in my mind. But once this big book was cracked open and I found the solution and I drew closer to my higher powers, I call God. Because all the years, it was like I would turn stuff over to my higher power, but not the food. Because you see, I was the God, lowercase g. And it just, it just transformed my life. Thank you, God, if I live to be... For this Thursday, I will have eight years of abstinence. Thank you, thank you, God. And thank you for this wonderful teacher that lovingly cracked open the book and explained it to me. And because of it, he's like, he was like, when there's a still pond and you drop a, a, a coin or a pebble and the ripple effect, I'm so blessed that I can pass this on to others, which I do willingly and happily because of what was so generously given to me. And thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. All right. Thank you, Naomi. All right. Beth W., your turn. Hi. Thank you for calling on me, Craig. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, I had to, when I, um, when I, I had, it meant I had to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. Um, you know, I've I've been a, a person who believed in God, um, knew the God of my understanding my whole life, but um, I had to throw away some conceptions anyway, and and um, 
follow the simple kit spiritual tools, there was a spiritual solution that I was missing anyway, in spite of my understanding and my belief and my um, whatever. I just had to, um, I had to give up. I had to surrender. I had to um, find a new way to, to know the God of my understanding, to understand and to let God know me. And that means giving up so much of what I wanted to be in charge of and I wanted to be in control of because I really wasn't in control anyway. I thought I was in control and I was so out of control in so many areas of my life and just following directions. I had a great conversation with my sponsor on Friday and um, being willing to just follow directions and do what I'm told sometimes is just so hard for me, but so wonderful when I do it. And um, so I'm grateful to throw out some conceptions and to, to do something new and different. And uh, that's, um, that's what I've got to say, share today, and I'm going to pass. Thanks for um, being there, everybody. All right. Thank you, Beth. Uh, Jen A., your turn. You're up, Jen. Jen A., you're not coming through. Jen? Good morning, Craig. Can you hear me now? I can. <laughs> it's the quadruple mutation process. <laughs> this is Jen A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic um, from Chicago today. And um, you know what? This is the beginning of what? This is the beginning of where the set-aside prayer started on page 42. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window, starting to set aside everything I think I know, right? God help me, please set aside everything I think I know about myself, my disease, the big book, the 12 steps, the program, the fellowship, the people in the fellowship, and all spiritual terms, especially you, God so that I may have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me to see the truth. Amen. And from there it continues on page 46 and 47 and 49 and 58. And this is where we start setting it aside, right? But I know that the first time that I read through these pages, that wasn't my thought process. I wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to set aside this and I'm going to set aside that. That's where God comes in. And when I'm truly willing and I'm truly ready and I'm desperate and out of ideas, then that's when my maker can come in and recreate and just mold and shape my heart the way he wants it. And today as a recovered individual on the lines of this program and in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I do. I thank my higher power. I, I, I thank God for coming in and giving me a heart more like his because it allows me um, to be of service to all, you know, to God and all of his kids. And so what a beautiful place. Um, and we'll just keep reading about the set aside prayer and see how it rolls out. Thanks, Craig. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Jen. Okay. Uh, Devorah, you're up. Good morning, Devorah. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Craig, and thank you for your service and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devora S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And 
Oh, boy. So this, this paragraph is, is very meaningful, and it says here, um, but the moment I made, I made up with my mind to go through the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. And, you know, for me, the first thing I did was, you know, I came into this program. I didn't hear about the spiritual answer right away. I heard about putting the food down, getting abstinent, um, and the whole drill about no matter what, you don't eat, and work the tools. So I didn't hear. Yes, God was brought in, and I was told to ask God at the beginning of the day for an abstinent day and thank him at night for an abstinent, for an abstinent day. Um, but it wasn't, you know, and what, what did I do in the middle? What did I do in the, in the middle of those, in those middle hours between the morning and the night? I don't know, but I, I, I worked the tools very, 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 very hard. Um, so, you know, you know, that was 20 years ago, but I'm still here today. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful that I hung around and, you know, so here I am, um, in a, you know, lose, lost all my weight, 150 pounds and in a thin body. But I know that to me, that is, you know, the, the spiritual answer is what I'm here for. Um, I need to develop that on an everyday basis. And, you know, it says here, um, you know, my lifelong conception, you know, what was my lifelong conception? My lifelong conception was, you know, I'm going to say, as long as I get to, uh, you know, thin people have the answer, you know, I'll get thin and I'll know, you know, everything will be great. My life will be just opened up and everyone will be just, everything will be just great, Right. Um, and, you know, today I know that that's not my lifelong conception. That's the thing that had to get changed, you know, in me. And the thing that now I, to, to see, to, to grow spiritually, that is what I, I crave. Um, and that is a miracle because I wasn't looking for that when I came into this program. And here I am wanting to do this. And, you know, it was music to my ears um, this past weekend. My son was here with us. Over the weekend, he doesn't live here. He lives in Israel, and um, he's here on business, and he, he was able to spend the weekend with us. And he said to me, you know, Ma, you are just growing and growing. I said, you know, and I looked at him, and I just celebrated my birthday, and I said, you know, it took me all this time, 60 years. I just turned 60, 60 years, and I'm finally just, you know, developing. He said, Ma, thanks for the opportunity. You have that some of people never get that opportunity. So, you know, and that was like, you know, so beautiful to hear that, you know, here I am and I'm just still trying to figure it out. And, but you know what? I don't have to figure it out because God is there for me and he has all the answers. And all I need to do is just lean into him a day at a time, every day. And, um, and thank God, you know, it does work. So for anyone out there who's still wondering if this is for them, you know, just keep coming back, keep coming back. It's here for you. And, um, and, and fellowship is here to show you, to tell you that it does work. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Craig. All right. Thank you, Devor. All right, Maureen H., your turn. Hi. Good morning, everybody. This is Maureen H. from South Florida, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, and I just, I love this chapter. I just read it with a sponsee and this line, um, you know, that we, a lot of people have been focusing on that, um, the program of action, though entirely sensible was pretty drastic and meant I would have to throw out several lifelong conceptions out the window. 
um, I read it this time in a holy light and just that, you know, everything around my step one, um, every single breakthrough I've had in program has been around step one. It's been around that realization of, oh my God, I'm not sober from my alcoholic foods and behaviors in the way that the big book talks about being sober from alcohol. And when I am willing to let go of those foods that I still was holding on to and those um, conceptions around food um, that I was still holding on to, it just led to this new freedom and this surrendering really, because I was surrendering to the fact that maybe I, what I thought about how my food is and how I am and how my body reacts to food needs to change. And so the word drastic um, really applied, but it was like that scary um, first step into faith for me. Um, I, a lot of people know most recently in the beginning of December, I was on calling this line in desperation, just miserable, can't believe that I'm still compulsively eating, you know, quote unquote, binge eating abstinent foods, you know, that's my, uh, my MO. And, um, you know, that led to a really drastic change in the way that I have accountability around my food and throwing out several lifelong conceptions, lies that I told myself around food, lies that I don't need to weigh and measure, lies that it's, it's only a vegetable, I can have a little more of it. You know, things that eventually always brought me back to a binge and those seemingly insignificant decisions that always brought me back to my knees around food. And so um, for newcomers and, and old comers, I just am continually suggesting to look for lies that you tell yourself around food because that was the key to my freedom now that I've had all these months and months of undebated abstinence and freedom and the food is down and the food is quiet and I have the mental energy to deal with the real stuff, you know, the real emotional work, the real spiritual work that needs to be done. And the food is like so a blip in the background. And I can't imagine being where I am today compared to where I was just, you know, now seven or so months ago. Um, and it's just a beautiful, wonderful thing. And I'm just so grateful. And thank you all for letting me share. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Maureen. All right. Uh, Margo, is, or was it is that right? Or was Marge D? What did I write here? Yes, Margo P. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Okay. To share and to open up, my name is Margo. I'm a compulsive eater. Grateful to be on this call. And um, I haven't shared for a while. I've just been listening, listening, listening from the chapters and chapters and paragraphs. But this one tells me more about the, when they, it says, then they outline the spiritual answer and the program of action. And my sponsor <laughs> told me, if I don't do the steps, four and five and six, you're going to go to the food. And, you know, and I kept listening to that. I say, yeah, she's right, she's right, because I remember I used to be in the program in and out in my, my, my years of 20 years ago, and uh, I would go in and out, but I would not get it. And I, I didn't really want to do the process. I was God of my understanding, me. And that's like, oh, my Lord. So when I hear her telling me this, you're going to eat if you don't do the steps. And there, were, there was a lot of issues in my past, a lot of issues that I have to deal with this. 
why am I compulsive overeater? And why do I have the disease? And I hate it and I had a hard time surrendering. And so through this process, I'm grateful that I'm doing this again with my sponsor and doing the steps. And I'm so grateful that I have a food plan and a healthy food plan. Sometimes my food plan gets kind of bored and it's like, what is interesting that I can make it more enjoyable so I can eat it because I'm a Latin woman and I want to put all the food that is in my culture that is not in my food plan. And it takes me off and it's like, oh, my higher power, please help me this time. Help me this time because it's just one day at a time. It's one day at a time. So I'll just pass. Thank you for allowing me to give you this opportunity. And have a blessed day. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Margo. All right. We have time for two more shares, I believe. Maybe a third if they're short. Who else would like to share? Linda R. I'm sorry. Before Susan, there was somebody. Yvonne D.H. Yvonne Yvonne D.H.? Yes. Uh All right. Okay. Linda, go ahead. Thank you so much, Craig, for your service and for everyone on the line. Linda R. recovered in North Carolina. I'm very grateful. Um, Today, you know, today's reading really hit home to me, drastic actions. Um, for me, you know, whenever I do that 11th step every night, there's a question, where have I been dishonest? And it's set, you know, I tell myself, what are the lies that I've told myself during the day? Have, have, there, any, have there been any things where I really haven't been like on, on the beam there? And it's such a great checkup because I can really stay aware of how I'm, con- you know, conducting my day on a daily basis. But for me also, the drastic action, part of that drastic action is the quiet and really communicating with my higher power. Because for me, I'm always, you know, taking drastic actions and always in the extreme. So part of that whole rearrangement with my spiritual growth is to be quiet. And really, that's one of the practices that I do during the day, really just to pause, to pray, to really just get centered and to be quiet. Because for me, I go the other way. I'm busy. I'm always so productive. And that's the drastic action. That was the other drastic action. So for me today, the rearrangement is really being quiet, being disciplined, being structured, but yet really being connected throughout the day. So thank you for allowing me to share. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Yvonne D.H.? Thank you right. so yes, thank you so much and thank you for your service. Um, drastic program of action struck me today. Um, I've been working this program for many, many years. In August, it's going to be 20, 20 years. But I was always wondering, am I really honest? Especially when how it works was being read. Am I really honest? I couldn't answer that pro- that question. I couldn't answer that question. I was always going in and out of the food and I stopped drinking and I stopped smoking. I didn't catch it with the, with the food. And until um, I knew one day, I knew, no, you're not, you're not really doing the program, this drastic program that the book talks about. Um, it was somehow like, okay, program is there. And I go to meetings and I read the book. I was always reading and listening and reading and listening. I wasn't really doing 
something myself. I wasn't taking action. So um, until I started the, to live in the present moment, when I learned, I really, really, I realized that this program is a program of 24 hours and not more, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but now, just for today, just now, I started to realize many other things about myself, like how judgmental I am, how I've, I'm thinking about tomorrow and yesterday, how much I'm resenting other people. So this step four came came into my mind again with all these things which I wrote down, but I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really feel it like I'm feeling it now. And now it is for me this drastic program of action is just to throw out of the window these these attitudes of judging, judging. And I'm now surrendering this. Every thought that comes into my mind, I'm surrendering. I say, God, I surrender this thought to you. I surrendered this judgment to you. I surrendered this resentment to you. So I'm really uh, surrendering the whole day. And that's okay for me because the only consistent thing I was able to do was to resent people and judge people. And um, this was not, I was not growing spiritually. And now things are changing. And I know there's a higher power who's working, who's all day working. I don't have to worry about that. He is doing the work he does, and I am doing my footsteps, my work, my footwork, and that's how I'm working this drastic program of action now. Thank you, all of you, for sharing with me, and I pass. Wish you a blessed day. All right, thank you. All right, Susan H., you've got about uh, two minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> Maybe it's a little over a minute, I guess. Hi, Craig. This is Susan A. from Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, thank you. Um, The sentence that people quoted jumped out at me as well, Uh, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It reminds me of the quote in yesterday's For Today, the Little White Book, which says, Extreme Remedies are very appropriate for extreme diseases. And that's from Hippocrates. And um, even though, you know, the drastic and extreme uh, way of living is is a good way of living. Um, And to me, it's a way of life. And it requires, as we always quote that we listen to others who know more than I do about living abstinently and it involves following the precise instructions in the big book but when I do this um, I my life expands and I become part of something that's larger than myself it's the fellowship and it's a way and a desire of being of service to God and my fellows not wallowing in self-pity in the food. And uh, that's what I wanted to share today. And I thank you for your service, and I will pass. Thank you very much. And thanks to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of this meeting um, of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today is one is thirteen thousand one hundred and eighty two. That's one three one eight two.
We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will uh, Melissa C., please read to us from page 164. Hi. Did you get the Sunday's number? Not right now. That's at the end of the next hour. Go ahead, Cindy. Me, Melissa. Melissa. Or Melissa, I mean. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melissa. Yeah, good morning. Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you. 